And welcome back to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. My name is Son Edom, alongside the diva <laughs> of all divas. She's putting new holes in the ozone layer with her Aquanet. I did, actually. With that, was it lacquer? Yes. The hair glue? Yes. You spray it and it doesn't move? It makes your hair shiny. Yeah, I don't have that problem. I'm Tara, hoax hero, oh, by yes. the way. Introduce Thank yourself, you. please. <laughs> And this is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, <laughs> highlighting the shit we've stepped in. Yes. You know, people used to give me grief for saying that, and now no one even cares. I think they're immune to it. Yes. Maybe, maybe, maybe. we're influencing people to accept the term as something positive. Yes. You know, like a big pile of shit that the horse lays down on Colorado Boulevard <laughs> during the Rose Parade. Don't step in that. And then Go the pooper scoopers it. have to come and pick it up. <laughs> That's an awful thing. You know, the pooper scoopers are like one of the most popular uh, attractions at the Rose Parade. Don't they? People cheer for them, they right? Do. When they, they go do. by and they. And yeah. then they have their, their, their trash can wheels and they're like mm-hmm. trying to do stunts and they'll twirl their like uh, shovels and stuff like that. They're actually becoming like oh, I thought a you big were going to say they were they twirling the poop. Now, that would be funny. <laughs> That'd be funny. Twirl the barrel Talk around. about flinging poo. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, that's, that's what we are. We're Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And so um, speaking of influencing, you know, like you said, the pooper scoopers influence the crowd. The crowd gets excited. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, pooper scoopers start to get a little bit more animated. And we're all feeling good because yes. of the new year. Hey, so um, you read Tiger Beat Magazine. Mm-hmm. Back in the 70s. Dating yourself. I am. And it had the lyrics. Yes. To the songs. Yes. And then you hear the songs on the radio so you could sing along. Yes. Okay. You know, so hold that thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. So early 90s, I was going to broadcasting school down in Hollywood. Actually, where Hollywood and Highland is right now, there's a big bank building. Mm. And so I would go to school up there in the big bank building. Oh, cool. Um, and Guns N' Roses had hit the scene and everybody looked like Axl Rose. <laughs> they all looked like Axl Rose. And some even had the kilt. You know, they'd walk oh, down with no. the kilt. But, you know, they all had the headband, the long hair, you know, all the, the bracelets and stuff. And, you know, so they all kind of were influenced by Axl Rose. And then if you remember the movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg, Rockstar, when he is in a tribute band for one of the, you know, rock stars, you know, Steel Dragons, mm-hmm. and then he becomes a member. And so he dresses like Steel Dragon, you know, he gets the, the nipple piercing and he <laughs> looks like it. And they're arguing about, you know, that jacket doesn't have this emblem or this color. So it's a knockoff. And, you know, they're, they want to be in, they want to dress like the band and they're being influenced by the band. Right. And then at the end of the movie, Grunge comes along. And everyone goes to Seattle, they start buying clothes from Goodwill, and they exchange the Aquanet for like the uh, you know, motor oil in the hair, so they don't wash <laughs> their hair anymore, so it looks all grungy and grimy. You know, and apparently showers went out the window. But, uh, but people are influenced, and music seems to be a big influencer in people. I know we have Instagram, where people want to be influencers on Instagram, get 10,000 followers, right. and apparently you can you know, change the world, right. uh, and things like that. So when you were having uh, Tiger Beat, and you were reading the lyrics... And listening to the music, did it ever inspire, influence, make you do something because you were listening to those lyrics or those bands dressing you a certain know, way? At the time when I was copying the lyrics from Tiger Beat magazine, I was in elementary school, so probably fourth, fifth grade. And it, it was just about memorizing words and singing along on the radio. So the meaning at that time, probably no. However, later I remember um, maybe I was a freshman, sophomore, junior in high school. We were... My best friend and I, Wendy and I, we were sitting in the back of the car and we were singing. My mom was driving and we were singing to the song by Huey Lewis in the news. I want a new drug. Yes. And so 
my my mom got really upset and she's like, why are you singing along to a song about drugs? This is awful. And I said, mom, it's a new drug. Like it's the love that he has for this girl that he's singing about. He's not talking about taking actual like, drugs. And she was so upset and we argued back and forth and, and she was all bent out of shape because you know, in her mind, it was like, oh, we're singing a song right. about drugs. Now you're going to go take drugs. And we're like, um, no. <laughs> the drug was the power of love. <laughs> the love was the drug. Yes. Yeah. So that probably. And then you, um, ne- you never dressed like Madonna. You know, I lived in Ohio, so mm. we didn't. There was a couple Overalls. of people in our school. I uh, Yes. I had purple parachute pants, which I am so Ooh. angry that I gave away to this day. I still oh, want wow. those pants. But I had purple parachute pants and there was a couple of people who dressed punk, you know, like um, uh, Madonna, you know, kind of like the leather right. jacket with the metal and stuff and the thing in the hair. It was few and far between. I remember in high school we had the goth, the people that would sit under the stairs mm-hmm. and the goth and be all, in all black with yeah, like white face, almost kind of like the cure. Robert Smith had that kind of like the white face for a while. Um, but yeah, so people are influenced. I teach. So I'm around younger people, mm-hmm. well, all kinds of people on, on the college level. Uh, I've coached baseball, so you've seen people in other athletics. So people are influenced by you know uh, athletes. You know Michael Jordan and the shoes were huge, yes. you know, and stuff like that. Yes. So again, you've got people that influence things. And so, um, has there been any? Well, let me put it this way: you had Tiger Beat, mm-hmm. and then you had, like you said, Huey Lewis in the news and some other things. Music to me is a big influencer from the, just from the standpoint and and the biggest influencer music wise for me was a guy named Steve Taylor mm-hmm. from the 80s and into the 90s and then he became a uh, a a songwriter for people like the Newsboys and the lyrics he writes and uh, the messages that he puts out in music I really like mm-hmm. uh, other people you know you can hear inspirational quotes sometimes I'll put it down like uh, poison you know only the um, bravest try where eagles and angels dare to fly or like Aerosmith life's a journey mm-hmm. not a destination mm-hmm. so then enjoy the ride so there's some lyrics that you know I like to take and I like to uh, incorporate into maybe inspiring other people you know because I think that music does move people it's the soundtrack yes. to life yes. so what would your biggest influencer or a person thing what has influenced you the most would you say do you think in your life I think what has that now long, obvious long life. <laughs> hey, I am not that much further along long, than you. Long, so long life. Shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, my gray's coming out. Um, so I think for music, definitely, you know, it's it's the atmosphere, you know, between the the melodies and the rhythms and the lyrics. But for me, what is a bigger influence has been classic movies, old movies. And soap operas, which sadly enough. So who did shoot Jr.? <laughs> who shot Jr.? Wow, Anyways. that was a huge thing way back then. Was I never found out who shot it, Jr.? Well, I, wasn't a dream episode. No, no, no. They somebody did shoot him. No. I, don't, I don't. It was so much hype. Like who shot him? Yeah. Now I don't even remember I who know. it was. But anyway, so soap anyway, operas we digress. And so soap operas, right? Movies. So I grew up in the seventies, and so the first movie actually that I remember watching besides the cartoon version of Robin Hood, was Gone with the Wind. And I was probably four or five. It was on TV. And I was enamored with Scarlett O'Hara. Gone with the Wind is loosely where I got my name um, from Tara, you know, the ranch. But 
Um, she, I was, I was enamored with Scarlett O'Hara, the way that she floated down the steps, the way that the men were, um, buzzing around her like bees, you know, every time Scarlett was in the room, you know, the, there would be like a group of, you know, men around her and, um, that fascinated me. And then also the, um, the classic movies, the older movies, I, I always watched like from the forties, fifties and sixties, there's a certain aesthetic um, a certain way of doing life, you know, in those movies. And I find that fascinating. And then also soap operas. I grew up watching soap operas every single day. And in the summertime in between school, I probably watched two or three in a row, you know, back to back. And then um, during school, I would watch, you know, General Hospital or whatever was on at three when we got home. But those, I would say, influenced me in a way that taught me not in a good way, but how to manipulate and how to flirt and how to um, get your way. I get the door open and get the, yeah, because I tried some of those, right. like when I started dating, I was like, some of those influences came out from what I was seeing on the soap operas, the way that the men treated and, and the guys would be like, what, you know, why are you, you know, acting that way? <laughs> because they're not necessarily nice everyone's on their own personal agenda and there's a way right. to bat your eyes there's a way to you know yeah i think it was um rory orbison when he wrote the song pretty woman mm -hmm. it was inspired by something his wife said one time when she was going out on the town he was like do you need money and she replied a pretty woman doesn't need money <laughs> and so she wrote Sad but so true. he wrote pretty woman walking down the street Mm -hmm. kind of like to meet. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so we get influenced by things. So I could totally see you dressed up in that Southern Belle, the big <laughs> dresses and stuff, walking right? out the parasol. I would love to. I, would, I almost bought one. You can buy those dresses online. There's, I forget Dude, the you name should, and then wear it for one of our shows. I, I would need like a bigger studio. Talk well, about you, being a diva. You would, you would be way over there, and my big dress would be all over. Well, we'll stack it. I'll sit on a ladder behind you, just above you, and then that way we do it. And I could, you could fan me. So okay. yeah, exactly. Get the fans. Yeah. So okay. So getting back to music real quick. Uh, well, first off, did you see Casablanca? I was, love. Was that, that an inspirational? Love, love movie? Casablanca. Yes. And then. Um, yes. There were some other ones that were really cool. So I'm taking it. Well, these are all black and whites, mm -hmm. right? Before uh, they were colorized. Them, yeah. So yeah, in the 50s they started um, colorizing them. Well, they started filming in or filming color. them. Yeah. And the, they they in the 50s people still filmed in black and white, but then they started filming in color. And then in the 80 or I'm sorry, in the 90s, people went back into the archives to the black and whites and started coloring the black and whites and there was a big uproar which thank God they stopped doing that. Okay, because I was going to ask you, okay, so these black and whites for example had an impact on you. Yes. So then when they became colorized, when they colorized your life because mm -hmm. you were sick and black and white, did it make it the same, did it have the same impact? Um, a little bit. Well, it, yeah, I mean it obviously brings it to life but I was very fascinated with the fact that the women wore sparkly gowns and there was always a drink cart I mean, every movie that's worth its weight, drink out cart. comes the drink cart. You know, somebody rolls it over and there's these really cool glass decanters that are beveled and, um, you know, authentic. And everybody looks great while they're arguing because everybody's always dressed up in the old movies and they're always looking. Every, the women are in heels and dresses. And, and even when they're mad at each other, they're very polite about the way that they say it a lot of times. Um, so... Fat, you know, one of my favorite movies is all about Eve um, with Betty Davis. But and so there's a lot of tension in there. But the fur coats and the gowns and the the 
sparkles and the high society and the long cigarettes and you know I don't know I'm not really sure you'll have to shrink me one of these days I'm not really sure why that all fascinates me but it really has an impact on me Betty Davis ooh those <laughs> eyes she was amazing so um okay so music when I grew up I think the first album I got was from my aunt mm-hmm. was the Beach Boys okay and then I got a Michael W. Smith album I think one time and it was a little more raucous than your hymn music. But it was, it was you know, music that I started to like. Mm-hmm. Well, then, like I mentioned, you know, the kind of like the rock music. We got old enough to start uh, listening to the radio and listening to rock music and things like that. And so my, uh, our parents from our school would take us to these seminars. And we've been more than one. <laughs> and I'm going to drop the guy's name because <laughs> he deserves it. Al Manconi seminars on music and it was about backward masking where you spin the record backwards and the devil talks to you i remember one time he said okay i'm gonna spin the record backwards and you listen and what do you hear so he spins it backwards and i literally swear to you i heard i like peanut butter and jelly sandwich (laughs) i did i remember the vividly straight from satan's mouth right so then he's like okay what did you hear now listen and see if you hear satan is jesus or something like that i don't know whatever all, all I remember from this is the I love peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So we spin it backwards, and yeah, of course we hear what he told us because right. of power of suggestion. Right. And then he would go on and he'd put up album covers and he'd be like, Kiss, Kids in Satan's Service. Or like ACDC was Antichrist Devil's Child. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, some like Motley Crue had pentagrams and stuff. And and the one time I did go to a Motley Crue concert and they played Shout at the Devil and they threw up pentagrams on the, on the wall at the forum. And I did feel kind of eerie that time. I kind of looked at him like, ooh, this is a little bit eerie. But outside of that, you know, what, what it was, the, 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 the influence wasn't stay away from this music. It was like, dude, I love this beat. Dude, I've never heard of Kiss before. Ooh, I got to go get that album. So mm-hmm. it had the reverse mm-hmm. opposite effect. It was like, this stuff is good. Mm-hmm. And then when you go and you actually listen to it, you realize that it was just a bunch of nonsense because Kiss isn't kids in Satan's service and Wasp <laughs> isn't we are Satan's people and all this nonsense. And when you spin it backwards, although if you do spin back... Um, Revolution number nine for the Beatles. You do supposedly hear Turn Me on Dead Man mm. because it was a ploy because I think everyone thought that Paul McCartney had died. Oh. And so it was just a rumor. And so they put that, I think, in the album. And so I need to, uh, I've never done it, but I should spin it backwards and see if you actually say that. Dude, okay. So you grew up in California, right? Yes. Right. Yes. And so, and I grew up in Ohio and I heard the same thing. Like, what is, what was that in the, um, the late 70s, early 80s? Where, where all parents and, and the seminar people are like, why are they telling us that if you spin know. the rock yeah. music backwards that you're going to hear Satan's voice? Well, here's like, the, here's what the thing is that, that? Well, here's the thing that, that befuddled me, okay? With some of those songs, you don't need to spin it backwards. <laughs> Just listen to it normal That's and you've got some true. problems. That's true. Why am I going to spin it backwards Nowadays, to hear? Yeah. But, but then I don't know that the lyrics were. Yeah, no. In I mean, you, you could go back. You could go back and listen to any, you know, any hair band metal. Yeah. You know, I mean, Guns N' Roses, their first album cover was uh, a cover of someone being raped, depicted being raped. Touché. And they had to change that cover Touché. because there was a lot of backlash, mm-hmm. you know. And then, um, you know, what was it? Two Live Crew. You know, they had uh, some, prof- you know, they had a big battle in Florida because of the profanity laced lyrics, you know. Mm-hmm. So on some of these things, you just have to listen to the songs forward, you know, right. normal, <laughs> and you might have some objectionable right. things instead of spinning the thing backward, reading the stylus on your record player. And so I have a question about that. Yes. So on one hand, we say it's poetic license, like a, a, an artist can create and they can put out whatever they want because that's their creative 
um, bent, right? But then if you're a fan and you listen to those lyrics over and over and because we listen to songs mm-hmm. over and over because they have meaning and impact for us, right? So if we listen to those over and over and over and over and over, what what kind of influence does yeah. that have on us, that negative? I mean, hearing it once, it's like, okay, the artist, that's their, that's their thing. But then when it becomes... Well, I mean, think about it, okay. Repetitive. Yeah, well, think about the grunge music we talked about a little bit. You know, Kurt Cobain, you know, took his life. And so then that kind of inspired others that that kind of music to maybe maybe he didn't personally inspire people but people look at that and then they see oh maybe suicide is an option mm-hmm. okay and i don't want to delve into suicide because i don't really you know, don't think i'm a you know pro to talk about it but people get influenced by that you know they see things they mm-hmm. they, they witness things and so then they take that and they go into it. So I think the well, problem. That's one of the arguments of all the gun shootings right now is that because we put it on TV mm-hmm. and because we um, say their name over and over and talk about them over and over, other people are mm-hmm. looking at that and saying, I want to be famous too. Mm-hmm. Or the influence of porn. How right? many people right. sit there and watch porn, guys and girls? I remember Fifty Shades of Grey when that hit. Mm-hmm. And I actually did see parts of the, the middle one. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see the attraction to the movie. Because uh, the actress is pretty hot. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, but so, but then all of a sudden there became this interest in this lifestyle mm-hmm. of people wanting to be dominated, mm-hmm. you know. And then you take a look at porn and people, you know, who's, uh, you know, the guys especially, I guess you could say, that are influenced by this. And then they want their girl to act out these images right. and these scenarios. Right. And it's like, is it really love? Is it realistic? And maybe, and maybe for some people it's cool. I'm not judging. I'm just saying, you know, people get influenced by it or you get people that get so ramped up that they go out and they commit rape or some mm-hmm. other thing. So mm-hmm. the influences are strong when it comes to the things that we let in. I think Petra had a song one time, Garbage In, Garbage Out. Mm-hmm. You know, what comes in is going to come out. Mm-hmm. If we eat, our bodies need nutrition to function properly. So if we eat crap, then our bodies aren't going to function. If we right. eat healthy, we're going to function. Right. Our cars need to be maintained. Tire pressure, oil changes, need fuel, you know. And so in order for it to maintain a good car, a good working car, it needs to be, the good stuff needs to be put in. So the, what goes so in, the what comes out. check oil or the change oil light that's on my car right now, I should pay attention to that, the change oil light. Yeah, see, and I've got this triangle that says my tire pressure needs to be adjusted, but then it just depends on the day. One day it's cold, so it goes down. The next day it's warm, so it right, goes back up. Right, so, yeah. right, I'm thinking, you know, I can drive a couple more thousand right. miles, right? It's yeah. not going to hurt anything, nah, will it, if the lights are... No, nah, that's fine. Check engine oil. That could be anything. <laughs> when I saw that, it says check engine. I open the hood. Yeah, it looks fine. Click. Done. See? Okay. Move on. Good. I'm in good company. Yeah. I'm no Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> you might have to drive me all the way to Santa Clarita, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, we'll get, as long as I have a couple uh, pineapples in the intel, uh, yes, we'll be yes, okay. Yes, yes, yes. There you but go. But no, so so that's the, that's the thing that I find interesting is the impact that people have on other people. And I think it's more so... In this day and age, because of technology, mm-hmm. you know, internet in the home, uh, phones, phones are now computers, uh, Instagram, social media. I did an interview one time uh, a, from, with a guy that did a documentary, and I'd love to get him on, on our podcast, but he did a documentary on social media called Social Animals, mm-hmm. and it followed the lives of three different people, and one of them was a girl that was bullied, mm. and it was only because one person was jealous of this girl, so she started something online, and boom, it spread. That's awful. And so one person yeah. influenced a bunch of other people that almost nearly destroyed this girl's life because she um, she tried to kill herself, mm-hmm. you know, failed, fortunately, mm-hmm. and so she's on the rebound. But it's like the, peop- the things that we let people influence us you know, whether it be friends, hey, you need to try. I remember the, you know, the drugs were the big thing. Hey, try this, try weed, try this, you know, try it, try it, try it. And it was because they wanted us to be in their world. Mm-hmm. 
But it was like, why do we listen to that if we don't want to be in that? Mm-hmm. You know, why do we let other people dictate to us things that we want to do, even if we maybe don't want to do that? Well, I think it's it's part of that, you know, as I'm listening to 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 you um, talk about this. But I think part of it is just the way that our culture or the way that our society is the way that we're groomed, because when you think about it, we don't really decide what to wear every every so many, every season. The fashion industry, excuse wow, I'm having a really hard time talking today. What is that? <laughs> Tongue tied. Wow. Let me start over. Every season, the fashion industry comes out and says, this is the color that is in for the season. And this is the style that is in for the season. This year, we're going to wear our skirts three inches shorter. Now we're wearing them three inches longer. And they dictate to us through various forms of media and the clothes that they put out. They decide what we're going to wear. And so then they put them in the stores and then... You know, we're all we all show up, you know, it's amazing that we all show up wearing the same stuff. Right. So we don't really decide much of anything. I mean, the the food industry, the music industry, everything is put out for us. And we're told this is what's in. This is what's out. This is what we're going to eat. This is healthy. Now it's not healthy. The eggs like back and forth and back and forth. I think people finally just gave up because eggs are, you know, healthy and not healthy on an every other day. But. I think that's just how we roll, right? Why do we refrigerate eggs? I yeah, you you know what? They last way longer than the date on the box. Did you know that? And you know well, you can that. check them that the few to get a glass of water and you put the egg and drives my family nuts. They're like, oh my gosh, mom's trying to kill us. If you put the egg in a glass of water and it if it sinks to the bottom, it's still fresh. But if it floats, then you have to get rid of it. So like ten or twenty days past the expiration date, I'm like, oh, let me check it. And I and if it sinks to the bottom, I'm cooking it, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, she's killing us!" I'm like, "No." Wow. But see, I never understood what it's the t- if an egg comes out of a chicken, fresh. yeah, it's warm in the coop. Why do we put it in the refrigerator? But then I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that egg thing. So if I get salmonella, I'm gonna tell you my egg sunk and I got salmonella. Then I'm gonna come knocking. No, you're eating, right, 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 right. Because if it floats, I gotta get if rid of it. If it floats, you gotta get rid of it. If it floats, yeah. it's not your boat. It's, yes, don't eat it if it's floating. But they're way past yeah. the expiration date. We'll see. Okay, there you go. Expiration dates influence our decisions on food. So how much of that is designed for us to throw out produce or food That's good. so that we have to go buy Yeah, they have to go buy more. more. And now we're spending money because mm-hmm. it becomes this thing that mm-hmm. the whoever puts the expiration mm-hmm. date on it wants us to spend more. And then there's conser- conspiracy theories about electronics. You know, all of our washing machines and TVs and everything used to last way longer back in the day. And now they don't last very long at all. And there's people saying, oh, I think they do that on purpose so that we have to go buy new ones. Our phones, I'm convinced that this is my conspiracy theory, that as soon as my contract is up with Apple, it, it like my phone just breaks immediately yep, I and I have so. to go get a, a new one. Yep. Or how about this? I talked to a guy one time, uh triple a cause mm-hmm. my, my car wouldn't start. So they had to uh, bring me a new battery. I'm like, dude, I just got this battery like a year or so ago. And with triple a, they keep track cause I buy my batteries through them and they keep track. Yeah. You had almost two years and they die after two years. You have to replace them. I'm like, dude, back in the day when I yeah. first got my car, it'd be like five, six years. Exactly. You never had to worry about a battery. But now they like die every couple of years right. because they want you to get a new one, don't you know? And that's all they do. And so it's like, you know, we're being influenced by these things. Or you remember seeing the, uh, I think it was the movie, the kind of cartoonish, not the cartoon, but the, the, the cartoonesque type movie, uh, Josie and the Pussycats with mm. that girl from She's All That. Yeah, vaguely, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rachel Lee Cook, I think is her name. And it was all the, 
subliminal messages, you know, yes. or like Wayne's World yes. when they're talking about and they're all direct out Reebok <laughs> and Pepsi and Doritos. And, you know, they're they're yeah. making a spoof on this influence of right. these, you know, images that are out there for us to you know take in. But we really don't know where we're taking it in because mm-hmm. they're subliminal or they're just kind of nondescript. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's amazing when you think about it, just how much influence things people have on us mm-hmm. on a daily basis that we make decisions about that we do. Right. And I know we've talked about it before. Like you think of a college Friday night, Saturday night, you know, the parties and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, lives that are destroyed because of decisions they made because someone was influencing them to do something, right. drink too much or, you know, uh, pursue that girl too much or pursue that guy too much or, you know, just give it up. You know, it's OK. I love you, whatever. And, you know, the 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 bad decisions we make because of the influence we listen to, which gets me to my point. We have to have some sort of it's, it has to be in our character to have some sort of standards that we live by. Mm-hmm regardless of the situation that we're in. Right. If we have those standards, we have that character to live by those standards, regardless of the situation we live in, and those standards can be influenced by things, Mm -hmm. but if we live by it, Mm -hmm. then when we're put in those situations, then we won't have to um, worry about how we're going to respond because we have those standards. I would say it's easier to make the decision. Yeah, okay. It's because we still stumble. Mm -hmm. Well, for example, if you... But we have the standard. So, like, for example... Well, okay, go ahead. No, just you you go first. Um, I was going to say... Age before beauty. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Stop thinking about that. Okay. I have a standard that I don't want to lie. Now, does that mean that I'm 100% um, perfect at not lying because my standard is that I I just want to tell the truth? I just don't want to lie? No, I'm not. I still fall short. But because I have that standard that lying is not okay... That's the goal. And so my um, my ratio of lying to telling the truth is way lower because I'm always striving to tell the truth. Sometimes it's hard to tell the truth because if you tell the truth, then then you might get in trouble. Right. Somebody not, might not like what you're saying or I might get consequences if I, you know, did something and, and, and I don't want to admit, you know, because then I'm going to have consequences. So I lie. So. But if my standard is that lying is not okay, and I'm always striving for that standard, then it's easier to to not lie. And it's it's. But as soon as I say, well, a white lie is okay, or it's okay to tell a little bit lie in this. It's okay to be manipulative in this situation. As soon as I do that, now I'm on a slippery slope down the spiral. So the standard is there to to help us like reach for a goal. But we're never going to reach at a hundred percent. So as long as you're fifty-one forty-nine, you're good. <laughs> well, hopefully, little, I'm more like more than that. 80, 20, 90, 10. <laughs> Oh, you got high standards. I have very yeah, but but the thing is, is that we lie to ourselves every day. We think we're better than we are. We think we're worse than we are. We, you know, we say, "Oh, I didn't mean to do it." You know, when we really did, we base ourselves on our intentions. So I intend to exercise, or I intend to tell the truth. So then we we look at ourselves through that intention and not through the reality of like, no, you're really not exercising you're really not telling the truth but because we intend to do the right thing we think that we're better so we lie to ourselves all the time so we're never going to be we're never going to arrive people who say they don't lie it cracks me up they just lied dude when they say they don't lie they lie they just yeah and and some people have a really hard time admitting that like we all do it's it's human nature so you mentioned earlier the uh the movies 
early movies, 40s, 50s, 60s, kind mm-hmm. of were an influence for you. Mm-hmm. Any person, people that kind of influenced you, maybe over a lifetime, maybe to do something, maybe something bad, something good? I don't know that it was a person, but it, except for Scarlett O'Hara. Um, but but I think it's accumulation of the women that I watched and now watching them as an, as an adult through adult eyes, I look back on some of these movies and I'm like, Whoa, like I cannot believe that they, that women were treated that way. You know, back in the day, it's awful. I remember, I, I don't remember the name of the movie, but there was one recently where a guy literally reached up, put his thumb on the girl's lips, smeared her lipstick all over her face and her um, chin. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I, I was like so shocking. Um, but then there are characters where the women are the, um, manipulators and the, the instigators. And, um, it's fascinating because they want to make sure that they, back then there was a committee that every movie had to go through in Hollywood. And there was like the, I forget the name of it, but, um, every movie that was made had to go through this committee and the committee in Hollywood had to, um, accept the movie and if they didn't they said oh there's too much smoking or the woman looks bad or the man this you know whatever they would reject it and they would either have to redo those scenes so that the movie would pass and if it didn't pass that com- committee it didn't get it wouldn't get um, published and so um, that so there's, so there's different protocols like when you see you'll see different things in the movies that you know they just didn't once that committee was gone then just all hell broke loose and the movies were just like they just went you know, they start doing everything and it's, and then you look at it and like, wow, they did that back in the sixties. They showed that on the movie screen. So I think women in general, just the way that they were around the men had a huge influence on me, not necessarily in the positive See, that, way. That, that makes it interesting. Cause I was talking to a guy, uh, when I worked at uh, clear channel, um, a few years ago, well, probably 10 plus years ago now. And he came from South central LA. Okay. And in the in the in the black community, he was telling me that you know fathers are absent pretty much. You're raised by your mother, your grandmother, and so for him, he had a choice. He was on the streets, and it was the gangs or the church. They mm-hmm. were both pulling on him. Mm-hmm. The church, uh, just the general in church. I'm not nothing specific. You know, was like, hey, come with us because you know if you go to the gangs. And the game's like, hey, we're your brothers, you know, you come with us. Right. And so he was being pulled by these two different influences. And he told me that he ultimately decided to nix the gangs and go more church side, mm-hmm. okay, or get involved in, you know, that type of thing. And it said it changed his life because he knew a lot of people that were running in gangs back when they were pulling on him to come join that ended up in jail, dead, et cetera. Oh, wow. yeah. And so he was, he was glad that he chose the right influence of the church to go that route because then he was able to uh, get into radio. And I think now he's coaching football, the community college. And I think they just Mm -hmm. won like the college football, you know, state championship not too long ago, like last year or the year before. So he's actually doing really good. But imagine if he had chosen the gang life, what his life would have been like. If he was still alive. Yeah. If he was still alive, he could have been dead (laughs) jail, who knows? But here he has a good life, you know, family, and, you know, we would talk every once in a while. And even now when we talk, it's, it's one of those relationships where we go for years, don't talk. And then as soon as we talk, we can pick right up where we left off. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that male influence, of whether it be a dad or somebody that's a, a, a male, to influence for the good the next generation of boy mm-hmm. to raise up, mm-hmm. I think is, is lacking in some places. And even the dad's 
are the bad influences on the kids mm-hmm. because it's like we've got a generation of people that are being raised where the women have to settle for something less than maybe what you did because you were taught be this way, you know, expect a guy to treat you this way. And now guys don't know how to treat people. They don't know how to treat women. They don't know how to interact with each other, mm-hmm. you know, and then you see it on a college campus too, just, you know, different people and how they are. And it's like, what's influencing them to act a certain way? And then do they realize that their actions have ramifications on themselves and other people? Mm-hmm. But it's because we lack positive influence. Right. And I would say even, um, you know, the, the, the influence you were talking about, the dads, even um, I think about all of the dads, um, and I know several, all of the dads that are having um, or have had affairs right in their marriage. And that influences not only the wife, but it also influences the kids. It is so devastating when the dad or the or the mom, in some cases, you know, has an affair. And, um, you know, we could look from the outside and say, oh, yeah, this family looks great. But but that, you know, what pulls that person away to have the affair? And then what is the damaging effect on the family? And it's just crazy the way that we are influenced by those because we get these messages that get um, screwed up from that. And then we go out and then we're following every influence, trying to find the right influence, right? Because this influence hurt us. And so now we're open to finding any influence that will be better than the one that we had. And, and we just keep hitting all these dead, you know, dead ends. Take a look at Netflix, for example. Yes. What's trending recommend recommendations for you to watch based on things that you've watched. You know, there is something as simple as an influence. Instagram, you follow people, suggestions for you to follow on social media, Facebook, friend suggestions, things like that. And so we're always being influenced one way or another. You can't escape it. If you scroll something, I don't know if you do a lot of shopping online, but if you, Mm. if you, if you search for an item, like a lot of times I'll go on eBay and I'll search for an item or I'll, or Amazon or whatever. Some of my favorite stores, seeing if they're having a sale. And I kid you not, the next time I'm online, those exact items, I didn't buy them, but the exact items. And it says, hey, they're on sale. Come, you know, and it follows you around whatever you're on social. So it's like, don't leave me, buy me. You know, it just keeps flashing on the screen. Go back and watch that movie, Josie and the Pussycats. That's where we're at today. <laughs> Those things are there. I'm telling you, that's where we're at today. The, the subliminal messages yeah. aren't so subliminal anymore. They're more right. blatant in your face. Right. But that's what it is. People are watching and they're putting out there what you want. Weren't there back in the day? I don't know if they still do this. I don't know if this is true. But weren't didn't back in the day when we watch a movie at the movie theater, they would have flashes yes. of popcorn yeah. and soda that would you know, go so fast that your eye didn't catch it. But your stomach did, yeah. and it would cause you to go out to the concession yeah, stand the and buy them. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of that. And, that, and that's where I think the movie Josie and the Pussycats came from, is from that um, that reality, because it right. was there. Let's right. put these images and these things where the subconscious picks it up, Yes, but the conscience can. And then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, I need some popcorn right? with butter, lots of butter. Mm-hmm. I need some Coke. And then they show an ad for like, you know colon cleansing at the local doctor's office or something because it's all the popcorn you ate. Mm -hmm. But no, it's out there and it's significant. And especially in this day and age, like we said with technology and stuff, the people being influenced, would you say that society as a whole is being influenced for the good? Oh, I thought there was something coming after that. I was going to say the bad, but that's redundant. (laughs) Good or bad. Because I mean, think about it. Look at at what's changed, okay? And there's no judging. There's no nothing. Just look how society has changed. 
first off, you have, um, you know, when you get into the standards of television and what's on television, standards of what's on radio, standards of what's in movies, mm-hmm. okay? Take mm-hmm. radio, for example. Before, there was no profanity, mm-hmm. and now we're talking about shit that we've stepped in. <laughs> I was going to say, okay? we're part of it. <laughs> yes. So the standard has changed, okay? And some might say that's for the bad. Mm-hmm. Some might say, hey, it's for the good. Um, you look at what movies are being put out there. You look at how um, accessible things are. Like you talk about porn before mm-hmm. you would have to go either to like a strip club or some dingy like theater somewhere where all the celebrities get arrested. Or subscribe to a magazine. Oh yeah, maybe do that. And then now you can just have it on your phone. You can have it you know, on your computer mm-hmm. and it's accessible. And, it's, and here's one thing too, talking about influences of porn, women are becoming more and yes. more susceptible to it because they can have it in the privacy of their own home. Women and Christian men are huge users of porn. And people wouldn't think that normally. Well, maybe the Christian men still because guys are guys. But the women's aspect to me, not so shocking, but kind of shocking because normally women, people say, oh, they're not the visually stimulated kind. Like the guys, oh, you need to seduce the mind and you need to attract them and grab their heart and all this before they put out. But here now they're watching these images and they're being influenced by it because of the convenience and the privacy of just sitting in their, mm-hmm. in their home. Yes. So my question then would be with kind of some of the stuff that we touched on. Is society being influenced for the good, for the bad? Do we need more positive influencers out there? (laughs) I think we're running in circles, honestly. I think we're chasing our tail. That's what I see. I think we're chasing our tail. Like how so? What do you mean? Well, because we get so caught up in it. So like um, during the Christmas season, I I don't go to the mall a lot anymore because my kids are older and there's like the parties and the events that they need special outfits for and all that kind of stuff is over. That season is over. So I don't spend a lot of time in the mall anymore, but I do try and go certain times of the year. I've trained myself to only shop like when there's big sales and Christmas time is a really big sale. So I was getting sucked into it. Like I was at the mall multiple times during the Christmas season and I was like, ooh, that is going to go on sale next week. I'm going to come back and I'm going to get that and then I'm going to get this on the clearance. And then, and I found myself like getting sucked back into that rhythm of I need to have this, I need to have that. And meantime, my paycheck is like dwindling. And, and I was, I had to catch myself and be like, man, you don't need all of that stuff. Like I have a closet full of, you know, clothes, but I was getting sucked back into it because I see, you know, I was putting myself in that environment where you see the sale, you see the, you know, all this stuff and it makes me feel like I have to participate. And so once I, I'm like, okay, I need to stay out of the mall. Now it's kind of settled down again. I'm like, no, I don't need to participate. I'm not, you know, looking online anymore. Um, you know, for the clearance rack sales and all that, but it's a, it's addicting. We, we don't, it's so, um, but I, we think it's not a big deal, but once we get sucked into something, um, or we see something on TV and we're like, Ooh, I love that outfit. So it's so easy nowadays to, to look it up. What is she wearing? And people tag their, you know, what it is that they're wearing. So then you go to the store and then you can buy it. Like I could buy someone's outfit off the TV somebody on the bachelor the bachelorette or the news or whatever and and I could have it in my closet in in a couple of days so I think that we're chasing our tail because we get influenced by things that are busy work and it's fun like I love cute clothes and I love to not spend full price but we get so sidetracked in following those bunny trails that we're just we don't even realize the amount of time that we're spending on unnecessary things. And, and like you said earlier, like what is the main influence of our, over our life? Why are we being so sucked into this and why are we getting so 
caught up in it and we don't even realize, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, man, what did I spend my time on? What did I spend my money on? What am I doing in life? What's my purpose? Because we're so, you know, we're following all of these trails um, that we don't even realize that we're headed down a path of, you know, mundane, you know, busyness. So Jacqueline Smith's line of clothing is now irrelevant? <laughs> yeah. Was she at Kmart? Yeah. Oh, that's why Kmart went away. <laughs> so I remember the first time that um, movies were an influence. Like one of the times I started to realize that other people were influenced because I really didn't put much stock in in a lot of things. Like I said, Steve Taylor was a musician whose lyrics I really liked. Uh, you can find him online. You know, YouTube him, Steve Taylor, and some band. And um, and so those were influences. Uh, but then I remember one time I was dating a girl when uh, Pretty Woman came out. And then all of a sudden, we have to add like champagne and strawberries. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't even think I'm 21. How am I supposed to get you champagne and strawberries right. when I don't even have, can't even buy the champagne? Right. Get you strawberries. But it was things like that. And mm-hmm. that made things more complicated because, like, why do we want to do what Richard Gere did in a movie? Well, when we can't do our like, a, own thing. The Twilight. So I read all of the Twilight books. And uh, there was another, and, and there was a study that had come out that there was a lot of older married women that were reading these twilight books that were made for the younger, you know, generation, but we were all reading them. And there was a lady that told me, she says, yeah, I read this book. And then I, my husband was, um, she likes to read in bed. And so she said her husband was laying next to her snoring and she put the book down on the shelf and she's like, you know, why can't he be this romantic? Why can't he, you know, be like, um, Edward and why can't he protect me that way and love me that way? You know, like this vampire dude, and, you know, it's crazy how we get so sucked into some of this stuff. See, I'd love to be with that girl that's like with the strawberries and the champagne <laughs> and now be the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. So you want strawberries and champagne? How about I tie you up and smack you around a little bit? I do not understand. Put a ball gag in your mouth, maybe right? like tie you, some handcuffs. I don't understand that, that. Like, especially in light of this women's movement, like the Me Too, you know, All thing. Right. And then... People are, are are reading and watching Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, it's total domination. It's total disrespect. I, and we're supposed to respect women. And we're supposed to. I don't. I don't understand. And it. and women love that. I don't get it. Did you uh, read the books? Watch the movie? I purposely did not. Nothing. Because nothing about I, it. I heard people. I saw um, articles on the news. I saw things come across the internet about it. I heard people talking about it. And there was a couple women who read it that told me that really surprised me. A couple women that are super conservative, Christian, like perfectionistic, just very not out of the box at all. Very stay in the lines all the time. And they were reading this book and this one girl said, yeah, I have to hide it. So my daughter, she found out that I was reading it. I'm like, so then if you have to hide the, see, there's lying again, right? right, right. We all lie. hide it. Right. And so she's like, I have to hide the book so my daughter doesn't know that I'm reading it. And then she's like, oh, when they start doing all that stuff, I just turn the page and I just don't read that part. And right. I'm, Lie. And I'm like, why That's- are you putting that in your head? Like that is that kind of a relationship is not respectful. It's not loving. And so I don't understand why you would want to put that in your head and be influenced by 
that when we're trying to have respect as women and trying to be equal partners and I don't get it. Saying that when that stuff comes up, she turns the page is like right? saying I buy Playboy so I can read the articles. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Or, or like back in the day with that backward mask and stuff. Or oh, listen to the music because I like the beat. Right. It's like, no, that's crap. And this, that's she is bullshit. so like, and she's a teacher. She's so She's the one reading it over and, and over. Probably has exactly. it highlighted. Probably uh-huh. fantasizing her head being in that situation. Yeah. And it's probably not even her man that's there that she's fantasizing <laughs> with. She's probably fantasizing <laughs> with, you know, what's the name? Like Dorian Gray or whatever the Gray he is. Um, you know, I think Dorian yeah. Gray's that. Ex uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen guy, I don't know, whatever. But uh, but so that's the thing, you know. You start getting off on this thing, and yeah. she's being influenced by it, even though she's like lying to herself yes. about it is really what she's yes. doing. And I'm not even sure if her husband knew she was reading it. Her daughter, her daughter, definitely not. Her kids, you know, See, she now, had to hide it. Right. But I'm like, if you have to hide something, then yes. that's it's probably not. Probably shouldn't be doing it. See, and I don't like I said I don't really know much about. It. I've seen clips of I think like the second one or something, uh, because we're doing research for a show about that type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. the the respect. You're doing research. Yes, yeah, research. <laughs> research. When you work now in radio, who's, now who's the no, when you work in radio, you can get away with so much stuff as a producer because you're researching. researching. And, and in fact, in all honesty, I worked at a place. In fact, it was the last place I worked at. We were we were researching something. Actually, I wasn't researching. I was looking at something, and it was uh, questionable in the standards of the company. Mm-hmm. And so they came to me because they flag everything that you think. And they're like, hey, um, yeah, we saw you notice that you were visiting these websites. And it wasn't porn. It was cl- not not porn, but it was something salacious. Right. Uh, and they said, uh, why are you watching? They were looking at these websites. I'm like, um, yeah, it was research for a topic that we were doing about this because of the Me Too movement and women being treated a certain way. And then, you know, we thought that because of this. And, and they're like... Okay, well, you know, maybe next time uh, don't spend so much time on the sites and maybe send, send us an email or something. I'm like, <laughs> sure. Research gets you away a lot. Now, if you're a school teacher, that wouldn't happen. But in radio, right, right, right. research takes you a, a long lot. way. Yes. Journalism, yep. But, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, they're influenced by these 50 shades and then it becomes also possibly hypocritical because maybe your friend, I don't want to judge, maybe she's the one protesting me too. Like, hey, you know, we need to be treated well. And yet she's reading these books. I don't know. But then do we no. lower our standards? Yeah, No. You know why she was reading it? Because her sister was reading it and because the people at work were reading it. Yeah, so so we she, didn't, know. she didn't want to be left out. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, oh, there's another yeah. scene. I got to go through this again. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. I'm like, dude, stand up for yourself yeah. and just like, why? Why do you have to read it? See, that was the one thing that in high school, I never had cable. And everybody else had cable. So, like, MTV was big at the time. And so people would watch these shows on MTV, which was supposed to be music television. And now it has nothing to do with music. Right. But they'd watch these shows. And then they'd talk about it. And I had no idea what they were talking about because mm-hmm. I didn't have cable. I didn't watch the shows. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I kind of felt left out in a way. But I didn't care. It didn't matter because it just wasn't important to me that I'm watching these shows because the shows just kind of sounded stupid. Or, you know, some music. I was always somebody that kind of liked music that was different from my friends at school. Mm-hmm. And so they would sit and talk about the musics they went to or the, the, the music they listened to, the concerts they went to. And yeah, you know, maybe I felt left out a little bit, but I didn't care because I wasn't my scene. You know, right. mine was this type of music, these type of concerts, this show. Um, and so when so I can see in her case where she wants to be in the know because everyone else is talking about it and she's being influenced by that peer pressure right. to know what's going on. But sometimes that's why when you go back to if you have your character and you have your standards, then when it comes to, oh, everyone's talking about Fifty Shades of Grey, um, that's not me, so I'm not going to read it. Mm-hmm. But then if you don't have that, maybe you cave and you start reading it. Now, right. for me, if you want to watch or read Fifty Shades of Grey or an act in that type of behavior, if you're consensual, I don't care. 
do what you want. But for some people, it becomes a way where it's like they're peer pressured into doing something they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Imagine how many guys would, okay, so take 50 Shades of Grey mm-hmm. and you have the, the bondage aspect of it where she's right. being tied up or in handcuffs or blindfolded or being, you know, uh, demanded, mm-hmm. you know, to do things and, mm-hmm. and be obedient, right. be the submissive. Right. Okay. So now imagine, you, and, and, it's in, it's in, and it's more in a romantic style-esque way, I guess, you know, fantasy, mm-hmm. whereas you take porn and you do that same thing and it's not frowned upon because you're demeaning to women. And there's another hypocritical thing. So I'm going to tie you up in handcuffs, blindfold you as Fifty Shades of Grey, and that's romantic and fantasizing and women love it, but then you throw on porn with the same thing and it's like, no, that's degrading. Um, you know, I'm, I have a guess. I just have a guess, and and this is totally like not an educated guess, but I'm just wondering if some of the draw, some of the appeal for the women in Fifty Stage of Grey is because even though they're it's oppressive, they're still being pursued, and I'm just wondering if that is the reason why women are drawn to it because this guy is pursuing this woman and he just won't let her go. Now, it's an unhealthy pursuit from what I hear. It's not, you know, she wasn't always comfortable with the pursuit from what I'm hearing. Um, but but being pursued nonetheless. And, and I think as women, um, we want to be pursued and we'll take being pursued in an unhealthy way if it means that we're pursued as opposed to not being pursued at all. And I think that's why a lot of times people stay in relationships that are not healthy because if I leave the relationship now, I don't have anybody at all so it's better to be with someone that's not treating me so well as opposed to being alone so I'm just I'm just wondering if that's the draw to it um and of course you know don't they in the second or third book don't they end up getting married or something I don't know I, um, like I said so I, didn't follow I, it, but I, think, I think they did and I don't know that it's a healthy you know relationship I, I I don't know if she was like trying to reform him and try but just I just think that that might be, and I know in the twilight, definitely it was, you know, him pursuing and him protecting and him um, taking a, taking care, you know, of her in a way that we are not cherished as women. We're not taken care of by our men um, the way that this Edward the vampire does. So I think it's an unfair standard, right? Because we're comparing our human husbands to this vampire to a non-existent you know, to creature. To a non-existing, you know, But creature. see, that's the other thing. So this vampire is good, but then Dracula is bad. So mm-hmm. if I bite someone on the neck, I guess that's bad. But if I nurture them with an, a vampire kid, then it's good. Do you know why? Do you know why they were good vampires? In, uh, in Twilight? In twi- I have no idea. You're gonna, because they're vegetarians. Oh, is that why they're good? Because they eat animals and not people. The vampires <laughs> eat animals, the werewolves. <laughs> See, whatever. No, 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 the vampires, instead of eating people, they, eat- they, they, they go and they, they hunt and they eat animals. That's why they were good vampires. So then where do the werewolves come in? But, uh, well, the werewolf, oh, that was- Was that just a, a longstanding? Because I would see my vampire movie, and we're getting off topic, but my vampire <laughs> movie is Underworld with Kate Beckinsale, I think it is, yeah, the Underworld totally thing. Totally different, yeah. And that is vampires versus werewolves, longstanding enemies. So, there so was, maybe that's the same thing. There was vampires, um, or there were vampires, um, now you're getting me all tongue-tied. There were werewolves in Twilight, and there was a battle between the vampires and the werewolves. So that was still part of the story. But the werewolves, this one particular pack, were also good. They just were jealous of each other because they both liked mm. the same girl mm. so mm. but um anyway so we're talking about influencers 
Bring us back. Okay, so well, <laughs> we one, one last note, and then I'll bring it back to this. <laughs> so uh, when one of those Twilight movies came out, yeah, uh, I knew some people that were going to go see it. They want to go. I'm like, no. I said, but I bet you within a minute or two of the movie, is that Taylor Lautner's shirt is coming off. Yes, he and was sure the enough, werewolf, by the oh, way. Was it? Okay, and sure enough, yes. within. 30 seconds of the movie, his shirt is coming off. And I'm like, dude, told you. And he That's the only thing I need to know. a nice physique. Let me just, let me just say, just, he was very nice to look at. So if he was in Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> would you have watched it? No. Oh, okay. No, but, I, but topless, I honestly But shirtless wanna... in Twilight movies is okay. No, I didn't say it was okay. Uh, I just okay. said that he was nice to look at, but that's, you know. I... So I, okay, so bringing it back, like you said, I guess I would say this. Okay. We get influenced by a lot of things. Those influences can be good, can be bad. They can be neutral. We can be influenced by creativity. I know a lot of people that like fashion, and they look at some of those fashion magazines and fashion Instagram accounts, and they get inspired by it, and they do great things. I say that all the time. I want to wear that outfit. Yeah. I want to buy it. I want to wear it. Yeah, and that could be a good thing because you're you know, feeling good about yourself, and maybe you're influencing other people to uh, dress well and that's a good thing. You got people that get influenced by other things, maybe Fifty Shades of Grey, maybe porn, and it becomes a bad thing because it becomes an addiction, it becomes abusive, it becomes treating people the wrong way. You talked about treating people, the thumb on the mouth. If we had men that were um, influencing younger men on how to raise them up to be men, mm-hmm. you know, have good character, how to treat a woman. If we had uh, older women treating younger women on how they should be respected and treated as opposed to just being abused and neglected and, you know, that. So if we started to have these uh, positive influencers in our lives, then maybe we start to change. Mm-hmm. We don't have to become boring. We don't have to become fuddy-duddies. We don't have to be anything like that. But we start to become influencing people for the good, then maybe that's where um, the whole thing kind of ties up is looking for people either if we need it, looking for positive influencers mm-hmm. or becoming one. Mm-hmm. You know, becoming somebody that you can influence somebody's life for the good. If you had a good life, maybe you can pay it forward, so to speak. Mm -hmm. If you've had a crummy life, maybe you look for somebody. You know, in the last episode, we talked about my family dynamic, you know, looking for somebody to step in and kind of mediate this, you know, sibling issues that we have. Okay. So you're looking for a positive influencer to help solve the problem. So that's where I think this whole thing stemmed from. We talked about music, we talked about movies being influencing and, um, fashion and so forth. But when it comes down to it, we can have our influencers and they don't all have to be this like, oh, good thing. It could just be neutral. Maybe we want to be influenced sometimes, you know, uh, on the little deviant side or the uh, naughty side, because that's what we, you know, crave as humans, whatever it is. But I think we also, as a society, if we start taking on the uh, maybe responsibility to think that, hey, I need to be a positive influence in someone's life and I'm going to try to do that. Well, I think in order, how much, uh, I can't see the clock. We've we got about a, five minutes five, or so. Okay, I, we need a bigger clock. Um, so I think part of, of being a positive influencer is that we have been positively influenced ourselves. Because like you said earlier, crap in, crap out. Mm-hmm. Is that this episode or the other well, one? Garbage in, garbage out, <laughs> garbage but same in, thing. Garbage out, right? So if we have not been positively influenced, we're not going to know how to positively influence or have the... Um, desire or the wherewithal to be a positive influencer. And so I think the first thing, like we um, talked about, you know, in the other episode, you know, before the lady was um, adopted, first she was, you know, rejected. I think we have to go back to the very beginning and we have to say, um, you know, am I, who has positively influenced me and where am I getting my positive influence from? I know for me, when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, ugh. 
And there are certain meditations, there are certain readings, there are certain things that I listen to that I do to get me on the right track. So I have these, um, either uh, some of them are Bible verses, some of them are, um, sometimes I'll listen to a, like a sermon or some, or whatever it is that I have to get my mind going in the right direction. We have to feed ourselves. We have to feed our, um, put positive influences into ourselves so that we can that, because if there's nothing going in, then nothing's going to go out. That's just how, that's just how it works. Like hurting people will hurt people. So, um, but you know, joyful people will influence joyful people, but where does that joy come from and how do you maintain that joy and where do you get it from? So I think we have to start not only from, from saying, okay, are we going to, you know, positively influence the world, but where are we being, it's not about us giving, it's about us receiving and then giving what we have received. And so if we're not intentional about receiving positive influences, and if we don't have parents or family or whatever, there's all kinds of positive things on the internet um, or people that we can look up and listen to and get that stuff in our mind. Because once we receive that, then we can give it. So the focus doesn't necessarily need to be on, I'm going to be a positive influencer. The focus needs to be on, I need to receive positive influence. I need to put things in my life, turn off the TV if I have to, turn off the internet if I have to, find those places that I can receive it. So then when I'm filled up, I can give it. And I like to use the uh, sports analogy of coaching. You take a look at younger coaches that become championship coaches, and they look back to the coaching tree of who yes. was their coaching mentor, yes. who they served under. Mm-hmm. And usually they served under a championship coach. Mm-hmm. So a championship coach breeds a championship coach because yes. they learn from that influencer of how right. to be a champion. And same with players and stuff. But I love that coaching analogy. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person's a champion. Well, look who they came mm-hmm. from. Oh, this guy's a champion. Their mentor was a positive influencer that mm-hmm. was a championship coach, so they became a championship right. coach. And we have to be perfect purposeful to find that if we're listening to things that are not influencing us in a positive way, if it's causing us to feel bad or be angry at the world or whatever, then we need to change what we're listening to and watching to and reading. Um, And we have to be very intent on receiving um, those positive messages. Two Steps Ahead podcast is who we are, highlighting the shit we've stepped in so you don't have to. Check your influencers. Are they good? Are they bad? We're not judging, but you know, just check them to make sure that uh, you're being influenced for the positive and not the negative because life is better when you're dealing with the positive. Uh, Son Edom is my name. Uh, Edom Rocks is my Instagram, at Edom Rocks. The uh, show Instagram is at Two Steps Ahead. You can find us on uh, YouTube. Search two, te- uh, search two Steps Ahead Podcast. Also, if you go to our Instagram at Two Steps Ahead Podcast, you can see the shows on Instagram TV. And then we're also on all the major platforms like uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartMedia, iTunes, Stitcher, all the platforms. So check us out, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And your social media is? I am on Instagram at Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. Hit us up. You can uh, direct message us, DM us on Instagram, or if email is your thing, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. Hey, uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Do tell a friend and uh, have positive influencers in your life. Thanks, guys. See you next time.